Hi guys, my name's Adele Onyango and welcome to another episode of Legally Clueless. No, seriously, I have no clue what I'm doing, but I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one. What's up? I hope you're doing absolutely fantastic. I am much better now, but (laughs) two days ago, I was a mess. So just a quick catch up for those of you who are not in Nairobi or Kenya and don't know, there was a report of one case of corona in Nairobi. And then what followed is our government suspending all public gatherings and events, blah, 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 blah. So this message came out at about mid-morning on Friday. Friday the 13th. Oh my God, yes. We should have seen it coming. (laughs) Such a cursed day. So Friday the 13th, I get up and I'm chilling. I didn't have much of a heavy day that evening. I was meant to be co-emceeing a gig in the night. And so all I needed to do was look for an outfit. Yes, I left it until last minute. Look for an outfit And then go for rehearsals. Like we were going to have a dry run at about 4 p.m. And then the event was going to start at 7. So I checked my social media. This is the one day I was not being a millennial. I wasn't like interacting with Twitter until about 11. So then I go on social media and I see all of this chaos and pandemonium, people panicking. The first thing I do is I call one of the people working at the company whose gig I was going to be co-emceeing. And I'm like, have you seen the press conference? There is a suspension on public gatherings, blah, blah, blah. So you may want to look into that. You may need to postpone your gig. You know, at the beginning, everybody doesn't know what to do. As much as we've been talking about Corona for such a long time, really, we should have been better prepared. But in your head, you're like, I don't think it's going to get to us. I don't think it's going to get to us. And then it does. So (laughs) I start slight panicking at this point because the gig is not going to be canceled. It's in a closed space, like a closed hall, and there's going to be 400 people there. So I'm doing the math and I'm just like, listen, this, this could actually end really badly. I should pull out of this gig. But at the same time, I don't want to leave my friend high and dry she's also going through like extreme emotions about it because she poured her heart and soul into making that gig come to fruition so i'm just like saying okay everybody i was talking to i was like let's give it one hour and see what happens let's give it another hour and see what happens and then midway through panicking i remember shit i have the legally clueless storytelling party on wednesday (sighs) That needs to be postponed as well. I literally moved from my the living room because I was with my husband in the living room. But I, I felt like I was, my mind was, I don't even know how to explain it. But if you've had a panic attack, you'll understand. Like, it's almost like your mind is on fire. So I go to the bedroom to sit alone. And while I'm sitting alone, I'm like, if I pull out of this gig tonight, I'm letting everyone down. I'm letting my friend down. So I have to go for this gig. But also, I don't know this Is it safe for me to go for this gig? Then I'm thinking if people are panic shopping for food and stuff like that, I also need to be doing that. Is my house properly stocked? Then I moved to the Legally Clueless party. I'm like, crap, I'm letting everybody down. I thought about the venue and I'm like, what am I saying? Am I saying that I don't believe in their ability to keep us safe? Imagine my overthinking reached there so i panic about the venue because i really love the lava latte team and they're just so supportive one of the owners you know performed at my open mic gig 10 years ago he's shared a story on this podcast like 
he's he's a good friend and i'm just like oh my god i have to make that call and i just i i don't want they're a business right so they're getting hit harder so i've now taken on that worry from them then i start worrying about the storytellers who are going to be sharing their stories and we've been having like talks back and forth and everybody was so excited and i'm like now i have to call them and tell them that this is not gonna happen I, I'm letting them down. And then I thought about you who was preparing to come. Like, do you know how crazy it was? There was a, a comment on my social media pages. Like when I put up the poster that this gig is happening, blah, blah, blah. And one of the comments was these two chicks talking to each other. And one was like, oh, I'm going to be traveling from Eldoret. I can't wait. I'm coming through Eldoret. For those who don't know, it's like, what, five, six hours out of Nairobi. And I immediately thought of her and I'm like, oh my God, this woman was willing to go to this extent for this gig and now I have to postpone it. So I have a full-fledged panic attack. While I'm having this attack, the sound guy for the gig is calling me like, hey, you need to get to the venue. I'm freaking out, pouring my um, hand sanitizer into like mini bottles that I can carry in different bags. And so on my way to the gig, I'm driving. I can't breathe. <laughs> Even when I was leaving the house, my husband is like, okay, do you want me to come with you? Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, you can't come because then we're both going to be exposed. <laughs> oh my God. And I'm like, you have to stay in the house, get in the car and start driving. I'm unable to breathe. I'm crying. Like it just becomes so overwhelming. And I think it wasn't even about this damn disease. Because if you think about it, these if we all do our part, honestly, in like hygiene and reporting ourselves when we feel sick, blah, 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 we can really help the next person. So it wasn't the disease that brought it on. I think it's because I, I really worked hard on the legally clueless party. And I just felt so overwhelmingly that I was letting you down. But it's the adult thing to do. It's the responsible thing to do. So I've had to postpone the Legally Clueless storytelling party. The new dates, I don't know the new dates as of right now because, you know, the government directive is that all public gatherings and events, blah, 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 have been suspended for 30 days. And I understand why they had to do that. I don't even feel like it's unfair or whatever. It's, it has to be done. Because if you look at other countries that took a long time to do that, they're suffering the effects of that. So I get it. So I don't have a new date just yet. We're kind of like writing it out. I guess it's a good thing that I work from home because that means um, what will not be interrupted is your weekly episodes of Legally Clueless. But yeah, I, I, I really did have a lot of... Um, Friday was was just hectic and then I think what also made it worse is that I'm in all of these whatsapp groups where people are just sharing nonsensical fake news panic and all of this and I I wish we could all just critically analyze the information we receive on our phones before we pass it on or before we post it anywhere and so what I did is I've left some of those groups I'm just really trying to protect my peace. I'm not trying to ignore what's happening. I know what's happening and I have my sources of information that I trust that I go to to get that. But I, I have to protect my peace. And I think that's something that you have to do as well. 
the the panic can get so overwhelming. Yeah, I'm just in a space where I'm protecting my peace. I even went out of town. I went to Lake Magadi. I literally have just come back to kickstart my writing because I have a writing project that's due in a month. <laughs> and I was having the worst writer's block. I will tell you more about that project once I am allowed to, but it's really beautiful. It's If we do it right, it could be really impactful. And it's me getting back to writing. So I'm so happy about that. But yeah, I went out of town just to like, breathe give myself time to reconnect because friday was just crazy anyway wherever you are i hope at the very least you're protecting your peace so i have to get into the 100 african stories right now because it's pretty long but it's very impactful I have known this storyteller for a while, actually, but I did not know many challenges that he's overcome. We would occasionally talk about grief, and I knew that he lost his mom and I lost my mom. So sometimes on Instagram, if I post something down, he will send me something to cheer me up. One of the things he recently sent me was a written note that his late mom had written to him. But I'd never asked, how did she die? You know, I had never gotten the forum to ask him these questions. Then I invited him to be a storyteller on this episode. And one of the things that broke my heart finding out is that he found out that his mom had died when he was going through a newspaper and he saw a face in the obituaries. A hundred African stories. There is no proper life that you live in university as a musician. If I constantly just walked around feeling sorry for myself, I'm never going to get anything done. Uh, there was a bit of frustration in between all of that. I've been breaking my back for this company. Therapy is not for the weak or for the crazy. Stories from Africa. Hi, my name is Edwin Wainaina. I mostly go by Ed Wainaina nowadays. Uh, and I'm an illustrator, a Kenyan illustrator. I'm going to kick it back. I'm going to take us back all the way to hmm, when I was seven years old. That's what, 2000? 2000s, let's say that. I'm a Kayangi. <laughs> Kitambo, we used to live in, uh, we used to live in Donholm. And um, it was me, my big brother, and uh, my mom and dad. We were four. Life was okay. It was, we used to go about our daily activities and everything. And one day, we just found, it was a Sunday, I remember. It, I was with my brother. And uh, we found our mom crying on the stairs on, the, on a Sunday. It, just, it, was, it was just like, what the hell, mom, what's up? So she was crying and crying. Then after that, um, after like 30 minutes of seeing your mom cry, and you know that's something you never want to see. So my dad pulls up, and uh, he comes through, walks up, and they start arguing with my mom. So me and my, my bro were there trying to defend our mom, like, stop, stop fighting. What are you doing? What's, up? what's happening? So I remember this, and... I have a really good Nini photographic memory, so I can remember things from when I was five. So my mom was held by my dad, and she was thrown off the stairs. And wah, I can still remember until today. That's why even when I climb stairs, it's I'm I'm usually an overthinker, so I can like go back and come back. So uh, that time we were just there, we're like, Dad, we hate you. Why are you doing this to mom? So my dad just packed up and left. So he didn't appear, he didn't come for like three weeks. He, he disappeared. We didn't know where he was. And my mom, the next, after like two days, even her, she disappeared. Like I think she went to Hosi, as we thought she had gone to Hosi. So we were just left with a house help in the house. And you know, that time we still had school. I remember I was in class one. My bro was three years above me. He was in class four, yes. We're wondering, we're coming home. There's no one. And it's only a, a house elf. And uh, she's there like, hey, she, thank God for her. I don't know if she was sent by 
God, I don't know. She like even when our parents were not there, she she still stayed, you know. Um, our mom, I think, went to Osi because of her back. Then after that, she went to she went to Buruburu. That's where now my Shosho used to stay. So she went to live with my Shosho for the time being. So still, we don't know what's happening. My bro and I are still oblivious. We're like, eh, okay, now what's happening? Yeah. Hiya, the, after one week, let me tell you. <laughs> Guys, if you've seen auctioneers, <laughs> so let's tell people, plan your rents. Don't eat enjoyment. You are danganya to rent. Let me tell you, <laughs> it was a Saturday. Auctioneers came, you know, people in lab coats. They were looking like butcher, nini, <laughs> nini butchermen. Yeah, so we're like, hey, akuni tumeleto anyama. Pam! <laughs> they're coming, they're coming to take everything. So they took the couch, they took the fridge, they took the TV, they took, basically took everything and left us. Angalao, at least they had pity. They left us with a mattress. <laughs> so I remember me and my bro, I even remind my, my, my bro that story today. He denies it. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. I'm like, Kim, you know where we've come from. So it was me, my, uh, how's this, sorry, and uh, my big bro, sleeping there, imagine. After they took the curtains, surely. So imagine you'd shout and you can just hear your voice. Hello? Hello? <laughs> That's when I knew auctioneers. When I, yeah. I was like, okay. So after some time, after like two, three days, I got sick. My mom was called and, uh, but she couldn't come, you know, because of her back. So weird enough, my dad came back. He's like, hey, I've heard you're sick. Okay, one thing I knew about my dad, he loved me and my bro- big bro. And But he never, he was that type of father. Hey, man, Kwanzaa. Our, our fathers with that thing of saying, I love you. It's like the day you hear it, I think you'll even hold a party. But I think they show it through financial means. <laughs> so he he's like, let me, let me take you to the hospital. Then he also told my big bro, come. I'm telling you, I think that's the last time we saw that place in Donholm. Yeah. We were taken from Donholm and we, we found ourselves, first we went to a chemist. A far chemist. I was like, <laughs> in my head, I was like, see, chemist is just here, dad. Yeah. Then, you know, we also ask him, dad, what's happening? The house, people came. He's like, I'll tell you everything. You know, now that suspense. My big bro is also trying to understand, but him is also just, thank God for my big bro. He was holding me because I was coughing so badly. Mm-hmm. We went to a new house, a new house in uh, Kilalashwa. I'll tell you those story books and people <laughs> rise from the ashes, <laughs> you know, Phoenix, rise of the phoenix. So we were in a, we're in a new apartment and I'm like, Dad, where are we? In comes this lady uh, who is my stepmom today, yeah. until today. Walks in and uh, I'm like, who's this? <laughs> and my dad is, he's, he's um, until today learning his characteristics, he's not someone to speak out. That's something I also started catching from him. You know, you don't say it with your chest. Like, so I'm like, who's this? He's like, ah, you just just stay here, take your medicine. I remember the last meal in that house for being auctioneered was Ugali. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we come to this new house and um rice is there the beef you know chicken curtains yo the curtains fam <laughs> so obviously us as kids kids we were manipulated in such a way that um we were told we'd be staying there and obviously those are our room our me and kim we, my big brother kim he's called george so but i call him kim we we had our own room now and uh, games were there, and you know, like it kind of felt like a home alone scene, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so we were going to a new school, so we went to Consolata. So from there, I think we were even okay. It was so sad, like we even started trying, like kidogo kidogo, forgetting our mom, because yeah. also our mom was not there. And it was in that sense where, let me speak on it, in like I'm taking you back. I won't yeah. talk. I won't talk. Like now, I understand things. Mm-hmm. So there's a time uh, now we're in Consolata. Um, now this is the second. This is the next year. So I'm in class two. 
my breathing class five. I remember there was a time our mom came to the gate. Like my dad did all things to try and not make my mom see us. And it was quite sad. It was very sad. And uh, there's a time my mom came to the gate and she was told by the Askari that you can't enter because we've been given, you know, those those regulations that we don't know you what, this is not, you know, like, that's why, yeah, like my dad was really conniving. It's not something until today, it's hard to forget. So we were in school and, you know, my mom, one thing I love about my mom is that she's so perseverant and she's a go-getter. She would fight, like, to see to, to what and then you should fight for what she wants. So when when consolata, there was a time now we see our mom in in school. Like we're running to our mom. Everyone, every like now my friends in school are like, why are you running to your mom like that? I mean, don't you see her at home? No, it's those questions in yeah. school. You know, us kids at the age from like, from, no class. Let's say class. Uh, class one to five, we ask questions and we expect answers. So me, I'm being asked, and that's when now I kept started having that key shut in feeling. You know, mm-hmm. it started building from there. Like I wouldn't tell people what's happening at home because yeah. you also don't want to look like that kid that has problems at home. So people feel sorry for you. You just want to be a normal kid. So we're seeing our mom there, and my bro and I were reconnecting. Mm-hmm. We cried there in school. People are wondering how strong of a family are these ones that <laughs> even the moms coming to school to give them lunch to this school lunch hope you can pack but they didn't know what was behind the curtains time went by we ne- me and my bro we started doing this thing where we never used to tell our parents what's happening like my mom used to come every week on wednesdays and there was there had to be that person who just tells uh, our parents during parents day oh there's someone who's becoming to visit me is this your aunt someone like like they've been really like the grades are improving they really seem happy and okay my dad's like who See, now, uh, they're like, they were told. Let me tell you, she was told she, she can't enter the school. They even, like, put, I think he put a picture. They put a picture of her there. That was some psycho shit. Like, you season seven. Yeah, so the next year now, going to class three, my bro, class six. I remember my bro was shipped off to UK. And, uh, you know, during that time, my bro's like, yeah, I'm going to UK, you know. Yeah, high life, you know. Yeah. Kumbe, in the backstory, back story, my dad, BTS has it. My dad doesn't want my mom to see my bro. And now me, I was shipped off to Mount Kenya in the name of Mount Kenya, guys. Akonyeri, Nyeri, guys. Nyeri. <laughs> now that time I started seeing like, uh, I hope my, my stepmom will listen to this. But you know what? Uh, there's a time we'll have this talk with her also. She started showing her true colors, you know, because I'm not her child. So it, I became, I started learning these people pleasing techniques, you know, like I was never good enough. And thank God, my source of release was art. So I used to draw a lot. I used to draw what's happening in my life, what's what's what I want in the future. And I would take it to my parents. My dad would like, uh, okay, what is this? Okay, cool. My stepmom would be like, ah, you know. Yeah. So you end up doing more. And at such a young age, you you you. So you're like, I kind of started feeling like I was in adult mood. So now me, I was told at the, hey, you have to go to Mount Kenya because of your weight. Imagine. I was like, what? So, I mean, Mount Kenya now, this is classics. My bro is in UK life, and uh, we never used to speak a lot because now, you know, that time there, was, there were no phones. The mode of communication, I think, you remember hot milk? Yeah, yeah. But, uh, MSN, those yeah. things. Yeah. And those are the times I would get, and because I didn't have his email. Mm-hmm. So it was really, the only times I would see him was during summer holidays and my Christmas holidays. So now my mom, uh, she decided she'll be coming to Nyeri, all the way from Buru. Now, remember, she's wow. staying now with my Shosho, yeah. her mom in Buru. So she used to, she used to come all the way to Nyeri, imagine, to see me. Like, and that's a beautiful thing. Like, also, like, when you're in boarding, you used to get phone calls from your parents. So, my parents never used to call me that much. It's like, I felt like boarding school. Aki, if there was something I'd also remove in schools, it's boarding schools. I feel like that's, that's like a zoo. Throw them, 
come after them when you miss them kidogo so that's when now i started developing this shutting in thing like i was like ah, i don't want to be people's problems let me just keep to myself draw so my mom used to come and those were the times of my highlights of my life cuz what i used to love about my mom so much was she used to appreciate my art more than my more than my education any education so i would bring for her like two things one on my right hand is the report card and two is a uh, new uh, my art stuff like bunch of papers you know she should start should start with she'd look at the report card araka she like ah okay you're doing well and yeah this this just do ah, surely you don't like kiswahili au ju kuangena vile uko naongea kiswahili every day now you know like she jokes with me art now now that's where she used to be like hey why did you draw this what does this mean nini and you know she used to be like can you now she didn't even give me an assignment like the next time i'm coming i want to see you know so i used to look forward to her visiting that what happened people started now it started becoming a bit open like i would open with i'd be open, like i would tell some my close friends yeah. like what's happening and then they'd also give me advice so I also started my mom was like I want to also see your friends you know yeah. you don't show me your friends I'm like oh okay yeah I have friends <laughs> and uh, yeah okay so so I started telling my friends what's happening and it was actually I started learning from there to open up as in like if you tell people they also have their own stories so that's how you end up becoming you click right class 7 now that's when it became like the darkest year of my life during the start of class 7 my dad found out again my dad told his head head no those head and deputy yeah deputy teacher that uh there's this lady coming to visit Edwin Nini thank god the deputy teacher already knew mm-hmm. like I had told her you know coming clean and also she was told by one like my CRE teacher she was like okay yeah you know she she con- Nini confided my dad like yeah she would be seeing him Nini but like chinyamaji i used to go see her mm-hmm. cuz now you know in boarding school when they used to come visit you you could go out go to places like outspan green hills mm-hmm. so you just go and enjoy your life then I start come back yeah. and you just feel renewed to even do stuff so there's a, my mom is come like frequently like let's say after two weeks she's coming so as the year was progressing like to august no august was holidays september september october november that that time yes she started coming less mm-hmm. uh, she started coming like um, and also i never used to see it but my shosho until today she was like and she used to be sick like she was also kind of like me like keeping stuff to herself like you know sometimes it's really good to share because people can help you like hash was also that person no i got this i can help yeah. myself so started coming like one like september she came once and the term was closing she only came once actually in that term and i was like hey maybe something's wrong i'm a jobo i'm a school because she was also also when i was in school she was in school mm-hmm. so she also used to motivate me like she used to come with her papers imagine wow. and she like edin you know in life don't uh, like education is there please learn as much as you can but don't Think, know about life you know know mm-hmm. about what's happening no nini cuz she used to show me her papers yani she's getting an e yeah. e for edwin e for ed e for embe <laughs> embe dodo and she'd show me and i'll be like yeah by the cuz you know now me i'm being a people please i've learned that at home when, when i used to go oh let me take you guys back when i used to go back home holidays like you know now parents would come for their kids like parents day yeah. the people come on time people come see you perform and everything oh my god it's so not me i'll do something like i used to love extracurricular activities mm-hmm. you wait for to see your parents there on the stage like on the sorry in the crowd audience and you don't see them yeah. they come at the last minute so it's just something i just started telling myself it's okay uh, you know it's okay but it's not okay so it's, it's now you can see how it's slowly building in my teenage years art was my only source of release now the darkest day was um, around 18th 18th november now we finished school my mom wasn't like she she didn't like even come in time so i'm with my dad and we're going to the office 
I remember that time we had, we had bought a newspaper, so we had reached the parking, and me, I used to love reading crosswords and everything. So me, I'm just flipping pages until the last section, then I reached the obituary section. Oh, my God. Uh, I saw my mom's face. You know, I actually saw a lady that looked like my mom, and I was like, hey, let me focus. And then I saw my mom's face written there, Irene Wamboy. Nganga. No, Wainaina, sorry. Um, you know that shock that, you know, that shock, you know that, like, that experience, that shock you usually have when someone's stolen your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, when you discover you don't have your phone, um, uh, you just realize someone's been hit in front of you. Mm-hmm. So that's me now. Um, um, I can't even process things. I'm telling you that day, at that time, I felt nothing. Mm-hmm. Even if you could, even I would want to feel like sorrow on it, I felt nothing. I was still like, this is not true. Maybe this is a clone. This is, mm-hmm. and I show my dad, like, dad, look. Look at the newspaper, and I remember even looking at him. And when the car, he looks at it, and you know, he didn't show any sign of emotion. He acted like he knew, he knew. Like, and I was just there, like, Dad, this is mom, as in you know, as in this is reality. And my dad, he's just there, like, he doesn't know how to express emotion, his emotion. So, he, and I was just there, like, oh, okay. Now to make things worse, my bro didn't even know. My big bro didn't know. Him was in UK. And you know, bar- burials usually take one week to 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 figure out what you, one to two weeks, yeah. right? My bro is being called from UK, and remember that's November December period times, and and he he's thinking he's coming for Christmas. Kumbe, like when he came, like I remember even my stepmom telling him, um, "Ebu, get ready. Tomorrow there's a funeral. Imagine, imagine just like that. As in, there's not even being told." Like when you're in UK, so you can prepare yourself emotionally. That's yeah, that's one experience that changed my life completely. Like I was such a happy-go-lucky child. Like I was so confident. Like I used to be out there and everything. Until that day, I just decided, you know what? I shut out. Mm-hmm. I shut the world. I decided, hey, you know what? This world, mm-hmm. hi, it's me and myself. Because now people have just, you know, my dad has just fucked me up. Yeah. My mom has fucked me up. My shosho, no one told me in anything. Yeah. You know, no one's telling me stuff. And this is someone who I loved, like, number one. Mm-hmm. That was, this was the number one person in my life. And just gone like that. And from there, I think it started building now issues in my life. Like, you know, now mental health issues. Uh, now, the day for the burial, wow, it was so heavy. Like, my dad told us, I go with your show, show, me, I can't come. I was like, why, dad? As in, surely. Yeah. You're like, okay, you know what? There's no time to argue. Man, my bro, my bro is there just trying to comfort me that day. And because also my bro, it didn't hit him that much because, you know, he's never had contact with my mom. He was in UK, but also him was sad. He really loved me. My mom used to talk a lot about with my bro. Like when I'm visiting her, like, okay, I miss your brother. I miss him. I'm like, you know, one day God will put us back together and everything. It didn't happen. And I never lost faith in God. I was like, okay, it didn't happen. So life moves on. And uh, so that day for the burial, my dad t- says, go with your show show from his side. There's something about dad's sides and they're like the relatives. They're always, there's always, I, I don't know if it's, they had a whole committee yeah. and they're like, you guys will be the most rowdy side, you know? Yeah. So my show show in the, my dad's side is, she, she has no filter. She doesn't mm-hmm. care. So during that day, I remember I'm crying after the viewing my mom's body, knowing that I'll never see her again. Mm-hmm. Um, my show show comes to me, imagine I forgot what she said. She said in Kikuyati, why are you crying? And you are a man. These things happen, you know. Yeah. Have you ever felt like you want to slap someone, but you remember the ancestors? Like you can, 
you, you can lose your hand or your talent because you know this is an elder. I just this, I walked away. I was like, you, I'll see you in the house. So my we buried my mom. That time when people are praying, I just told. I remember telling myself, I will forever be in debt to moms. Like promise, you know. She said she told me like before before like she said like Aki Ed Edwin, whatever you're going with your life, make sure your art is taking you. You know, mm-hmm. make sure you're sticking true to yourself in your art and take care of your big brother. Always have love in yourself, in your heart. I know this is this. I feel like sometimes this is hell on earth. And um, she's like, you know what? I've no, I've missed your birthdays. I've missed your happy stars and stuff. You know, I went growing life not seeing these things. So that's why even like even like Valentine's and stuff like these big events to me, they don't teach me as much because I was like, wow, well, I didn't experience them. Mm-hmm. So I was like, but now I'm my own man. Now I try and create my own path. Life went. Now this is class eight everyone really thought I was gonna fail like nothing <laughs> and class 8 I decided you know what me I don't want to fuck around with friends let me do me let me do my my art I, I still continue doing art I still continued expressing my what I can't let out by by words I let out through art class 8 came I passed I did well and uh, yeah I went to high school that moment from seeing the new, I think that day, 2311, I even, my bro put it on his hand, yeah. and I want to also put it, those those words. It's like 1111 in my head, you know, yeah. the time. So I usually just, I, sometimes I connect things in my head, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, maybe thing, this would have happened for this to happen. So now it comes, it comes now to, until today, um, uh, I've forgiven my dad, but there are still many thoughts that come to my head. Why did he, why would he keep stories like this? No, no. Uh, scenarios like this from us you know mm-hmm. why is he keeping it to himself like thinking like Kati, we can't handle it you know mm-hmm. why why can't we have until until today imagine we've never had the conversation about how mom passed and everything and it's that one where we, i'll bring it up and you'll be like for what why do you want to talk about it you know just like you know closure mm-hmm. closure is one thing i wish i had with my family and uh, it's it bothers me sometimes but then i just says i just tell myself it'll get better that's why nowadays I usually men. I like that thing when people started saying men are trash. That's when now my mindset goes to like how my dad usually just kept stuff to himself. How he tortured my mom until today. It's really painful, but I forgave him. I forgave him, and I was like, let me move on. And uh, I journal whenever I have those dark thoughts. I usually just journal, and uh, I tell myself it gets better. That ordeal, the way it changed me, I entered into now like you know depression and anxiety. During high school days, high school phase and university phase, I started keeping to myself, like, because I used to be that kid, like, you know, that artist kid that's so talented, but he's all, all his life, he's just been told you're not good enough, mm-hmm. or you're not, you've, you've never been praised because of, like, that normal praise, not that you go seek out. So you just end up feeling like, maybe, let me, you just end up keeping, keeping to yourself, and I became such a closed-off person, and uh, but high school, what helped me was extracurricular activities, which was very interesting. I joined drama club. There, there are cards my mom used to write me, right? And they used to. It's like she foresaw the future in a, in which is weird. Doesn't she used to write? She like Ed. I know you in phases. You love minding your own business, but once you know someone, you get to listen. You love listening to people. You know. That's when now probably Edwinana started, and without me knowing, so I used to like listen to Fonfo's struggles in class. I'd be like, okay. Uh, so okay, so now maybe the reason you're doing, you know, I used to have no filter, and I didn't and like yeah, it's like okay, because being told the truth and you, you feel okay. Yeah. So uh, I was in rugby and drama class. Now drama, 
form two. Now this is form two. We I was in the choral. This was a so I did two years of drama. So it was actually fun. I used to shout. Used to do. It was actually like a really good place to talk to. Oh, it made me become also spiritual. I used to like now pray and everything. Like feel everything's okay. And that our drama teacher, shout out to him. He, he was called Mr. CJ. So my show show now used to come to high school to see how I'm doing. In yeah. like now she took the position of my mom. Yeah. So I felt like I'd not really lost my mom that much. Yeah. And yeah, so she used to come, shout at me, why are you looking so unkempt even when you go to these schools? Who will like you? Which lady will like you? Oh, yeah, like, okay, cool. Now I feel like my mom is still there. So yeah. I used to tell her I'm doing corals. Coral, ni, ni, ni. And the way they will shout too, I help you win. Yeah. But what drama t- taught me is to work hard, to work hard. We used to rehearse at like 3, 3 a.m., right? Wow. So the way this changed me is like I went, from one, I was really feeling depressed and anxious and not willing to talk to people. But that cycle changed my life. I also started, oh yeah, I used to also paint for paint for guys, mm-hmm. like, you know, love letters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I used to be that guy. I used to like, I used to do, I used to exchange. I, I do for you. You either, oh, from fours, you either protect me. I was in form one. That's when I started knowing, oh, Kumbe, now my craft can. So I started now experiencing life alone. And I, I knew in my body I am definitely independent. During now Parents' Day, like when they come see your results and everything, my dad used to still have that that tendency of coming like at CG when everyone, almost all the teachers are going. Mm-hmm. So me, I just used to go to the teachers also solo, imagine, and just talk to them. Like I tell them, the re- imagine I used to speak like an adult now. I'm like... Because I understand situation, I'm like, hi, Mr. Nani, you know, my dad will be late, but um, when it comes, is there a way you can still stay a bit? Because I used to focus on the subjects I'm, I'm doing poorly in mm-hmm. physics, number one, you <laughs> maths, let's say like three teachers, you talk to them yeah. and you tell them the situation and they used to understand they're human just mm-hmm. like you. And that's when I started learning, hey, Imaisha. After finishing KCSE, we passed. In my today life, I, I say my art is my saving grace. Without art, I don't know where I would have been. I don't know. Uh, there are so many people who go through a lot and they don't know how to communicate. Yeah. So they use music, dance, poems. So now for me, it was art. It was my saving grace in such a way now I also used to speak for other people. Like I would go, I would meet up with friends or in a group or uh, we just hear Siju so-and-so enter depression. So I started doing paintings and people would ask, what's this? I'm seeing an eye next to a, to a flower. What's this? Let me tell you, you know. So it became my way of also now opening up. Art has taken me to places where I never thought I would go. After finishing uh, high school, I started, I got my first graphic tablet. I remember I wanted that thing for so long. I even think, okay, you see now why I loved my father was because he used to provide for us financially, but not emotionally, but, and, I understood, and I understood that. So he provided me the graphic tablet, and he was like, oh, yeah, I provided you with a fishing rod. Now you go fish. Me? Now I just started drawing every day. I used to, ha, before exposure was a thing, and ama before it was exposed. I remember my first drawing was of Amina Amaru. Shout out, because she, I remember her reposting. It was her in lingerie. Lingerie, lingerie. Instagram during 2013, 2014 times was yeah. pure. As in, there was, no, there was no sponsorships. There was no influencing. There was yeah. no, it is just you, post your picture, and a thousand hashtags, and you go. There was no that feeling of I'm anxious. You know, yeah. so I posted that one for Amina Maru, and she commented, oh my God, I fucking love this, you know. And, yeah. you know, a comment like that. Now that was now... It was like, okay, I feel nice. I feel like yeah. I've, I've made someone feel good. She reposted it. Yeah. 
now here's a weird psychological bit. Here's a, the strategy bit. People started seeing it. They're like, oof, digital art. What is this? Yeah. Why does it look so clear? And then why can I see her assy like it's shiny, you know, yeah. you know. So I started building upon that. Mm-hmm. And then my second person, my second crush was Nani Sharon Mundia. I remember doing like fashion illustrations for her. She'd hit me up in the email like, hey, I love your work. And I'm like, this is a big person talking yeah. to me. <laughs> I'm like, wow, okay. Next pass, I remember this song. You remember when we all went cuckoos for South Soul? Uh, Surayako. Yeah. They even held a competition. Yeah. I was like, okay, cool. They're holding a competition. Let me do something. Surayako artwork yeah. nini. They reposted. So my following kept growing and I was like, hmm, okay. People were also asked. They started asking for personal commissions. Pole pole, my name was growing. Okay, cool. And that's the time let me tell you, blessings come without you knowing. And I picked up on it. I was like, okay, people really fucks with what I'm doing. So I built it. I built it. Who else did I draw? Adele. Oh, shout out. I look at my past artworks. I'm like, God, what drugs are you using? <laughs> but, you know, we all come up from somewhere. And my first gig that I landed that was so big, and I'll even say how much I earned. It was Blaze. Uh, I think Blaze, Blaze had money to throw. They're like, you know what? We need youngings, and uh, we need youngings in each sector: sports, music, what? And they picked me for what? They gave it was a hundred thousand. And you know, when you at when you're at home, you're being told by your rents, and that's uh, you're being told by your rents that you know art doesn't pay. Yeah. You know that that stereotype art doesn't pay. So Blaze came through. I started meeting big wigs. I started. Uh, I remember I'm in an office where I'm the young. I'm the youngest, yeah. and I'm there with Mutua Matheka. Yeah. I'm there, Nick Mutuma. I remember because you know I can remember yeah. places. I can, my big bro is also there. Uh, so for most of you who don't know who my big brother is, uh, my big brother is George Kimani. <laughs> my big bro is a viner. Y'all see you guys with Seth Gore and uh, shout out to you, Kim. So I'm in a room with Mutua Matheka, Nick Mutuma, Brenda. Uh, who else? Akeem. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm heading somewhere in life. Yeah. And this came at the right time. This one I decided. I told my parents, guys, we out. I'm moving out. And that was my own decision. And my parents supported it. They're like, hiya, you're a man. You need to you go. You need to start life for yourself. So I moved out when uh, when I was in uh, first year of uni. That time you're in a bed sitter and you're like, God, okay, sir. May I never used to, by then I never used to listen to this ma this this you know um how a celeb should look like on yeah. ati God you will suffer you know you're, you're looking on the gram like this but but you're in your in a bed sitter you know what I <laughs> and um my my second big uh, biggest gig was now Land Rover I used to earn from portraits and uh, campaigns so that what well, I remember it was a sad, sad Sunday night. I was there enjoying a katasca. Then I see an email. Hi, Edwin. Edwin, Edwin, Edwin. I work for I work for Spark Forty Four, and and uh, would love to, you to be on a campaign with Land Rover. And I wiped I wiped my eyes. Uh, like maybe this is a spam account, and some I'm a friend who's foolish. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm like, hey, this Land Rover. Yani Ed from Matatu to Land Rover. Uh, I waited for them first to confirm, send a co- the contract, yeah. I sign it. And one thing, I lo- and oh yeah, the agency was in South Africa. Yeah. One thing I love about them, those guys, they don't toy with your money. Yeah. The Kwanzaa, they gave me high neutrals, legit. They were like, okay, we need your bank account details and this is what you'll be doing. I'm like, even if I have to wash the car <laughs> for the ad, I'll be there. I'll be there. They sent me 50% deposit. Mm-hmm. And like, when we come and we shoot... And then, do you know what they told me? We want you to draw the Land Rover in such a dope style. By the way, you guys, the, the, the video is on YouTube. If you guys would want to go, so just type Edwin Naina Land Rover ev- uh, Evoque. 
after people Kenya so I worked with Land Rover. That was a big deal. And now Tasca comes, other campaigns come, and that's where I saw you can you can manifest, you can create your own path if you just decide, you know what, let me remove all these negative issues from my life. So I started trusting trusting in the process, believing in the now. Live in the moment, but think ahead. So I was like, let me think now. That's now how I manifest nowadays. I think of what I want or where I want to be. I picture myself there, what I'm eating. I feel the scenario. I feel, I say, I smell, I see who I'm greeting. I see what I'm wearing. Then I feel it, you know. Then after that, I just let it go. I put it at the back of my mind and continue my day. If I was watching TV, I, I continue. And one thing we I tend to see humans do is they want something and if it doesn't come like within the next two weeks or months, yeah. they start losing hope and they start actually like, hey God, now you see time has its own time. And that's actually on my bio. Time has its own time. Catch our next African stories in the next episode. So just a heads up, I do not know why on a Sunday evening there are repairs being done on my roof. So if you hear any random thuds, I swear I've not fallen. <laughs> Maybe the workers have fallen, but it is not me. Back to Ed, if you check the description for this episode, I've put a link to the Land Rover campaign he was talking about. I've also put a link to his Instagram and his Twitter so you can check out how dope his art is. And I'm so thankful for him being so vulnerable with us on this episode. But another thing I'm so happy about is that Legally Clueless turns one year old on the 18th of March. That is... Three days from now. Yeah, I had to count. Anyway, and yes, we were meant to be celebrating at the storytelling party, but I've had to postpone that because of the government directive to suspend all public gatherings, events, blah, 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 for 30 days because of the corona situation. But that doesn't stop me from feeling so proud of myself for having this podcast running every week for the past year. It feels so good. So good. I just want to say thank you. <laughs> it's like I've, I've won an Oscar. I just want to thank. No, but seriously, though, I do want to thank you who listens every week. Like, I see your tags on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, on the podcast WhatsApp number. I'm just so thankful that you listen to this podcast. You had that thud. I also want to thank everybody who has ever shared their story on the podcast beat, the storytellers that I have recorded so far, or you who have sent your audio notes via the WhatsApp number. Thank you. Like, thank you for interacting with the podcast and being part of it. I want to thank everyone in my support system who helped me bring in my equipment, who's been there for me emotionally because it has been an emotional roller coaster. You know, when you decide to do something that you truly, fully believe in, you have all of these fears and it just helps to have people to talk to about it and people who will like encourage me to keep going actually that's how the podcast started because I finished making my home office stroke studio I was just so overwhelmed because I didn't know what it is I was, I, was, I was attempting to do and I called a friend of mine I think I yeah I, I cried I cried <laughs> I cried during that phone call and he told me what I'm feeling I should put into a podcast and that's how episode one started I really should credit him more for this podcast, but <laughs> I just will say thank you. 
we're on such an amazing trajectory. Not only are we a space where as human beings and as Africans, we can come together and just connect through our stories, whether it's learning from somebody, crying with somebody, feeling like you're not alone after you listen to somebody's stories or the the stuff that I share. But also now we have the Legally Clueless Residency, which is a three-month weekly workshop at USIU Africa, which is a university here in Nairobi. And I, I did the first workshop last week teaching students how I set up my podcast. And now we're going to be working on Legally Clueless episodes, well, their version of it, and they'll be putting that on their campus radio station, right? So it's almost like I'm a lecturer, but a really cool one. (laughs) So there's that, and very soon, I don't want to jinx it, there's another fun aspects to Legally Clueless that's coming up that I really think is going to change how Africans consume audio content. So in one year, I've grown something so beautiful and it's not conceited of me or whatever other English word of me to celebrate myself. I think that's something we all need to do more of. So even this week, I intend to take it really slow, not only because many things have been cancelled, <laughs> I have no choice but to take it slow, but I'm going to take it slow. I might treat myself on Wednesday just to say, high five, Adele, like, you know, you've really done something. And 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 maybe that can help you understand that you need to celebrate yourself more. The things that you think are small wins are wins nonetheless. So feel free on Wednesday as a legally clueless listener as we turn one year old to spoil yourself, make it your cheat day, do something nice for yourself because that's what I'm going to be doing. (laughs) But yay, happy birthday to us. And that's it for this episode of Legally Clueless. You can share this podcast with your friends. You can keep it for yourself. I'm not judging. Just make sure you're here next week for the next episode.